Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers, with Monday being the deadline for college athletes to declare for the NFL draft. I thought this was as, as good a week as ever to start our draft preview here on Locked On Steelers. Uh, I know we're, look, we're, we're still three months away, and it is very, very early on. But, you know, as early as December, some of you guys were, were messaging me on Twitter and Instagram asking me to do some draft previews early on here. I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched a whole lot of tape just yet. You know, I watched a lot of college football throughout the year. Uh, but, you know, it's still it's very early for me as far as ranking prospects and that kind of thing. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk about some of the prospects that did declare on Monday, players that Steeler fans should be interested in, and a couple others that Steeler fans maybe not be interested in, but it's a good thing that they declared for the Steelers because it kind of pushes some other guys down closer to the Steelers at 20. So we'll do a little mini draft preview today on the podcast. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Tony Serino. You can find more of this podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get your daily dose. You can follow me on Twitter, at Steeler Country. You can find me on Facebook. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit that like button there. Make sure you also join the Facebook group. And you can now find us on Instagram, at Locked On Steelers. And let's start today with some news and notes. Mike Munchak, the Steelers' former offensive line coach, who is now on his way to the Denver Broncos. He talked to the Post-Gazette yesterday, kind of a farewell to the city of Pittsburgh. He spent five very good years as the Steelers' offensive line coach, but as I said, he's now on his way to Denver. You know, the speculation had been that this was because of family, and in this interview with the, po- the Post-Gazette, he basically confirms that, saying, quote, as my career shows, when I get somewhere, I stay there. When this opportunity came up to work in a city with my daughter, her husband, my granddaughter, and my other daughter not far away in Los Angeles... That's what I wanted. I'm not 30 or 40 years old anymore. I'm 58, and different things become important as you age. So he pretty much confirmed that this was a family decision for him. Right? He's making a lateral move. And, and I get to a lot of Steeler fans, it's a very strange lateral move because not only is he moving from Pittsburgh to Denver, but Denver turned him down for the head coach position. Right? He's going to actually be reporting to Vic Fangio, who was the one who they picked to be the head coach instead of Mike Munchak. Uh, But for him, look, as he says there, this is all about family. And I know that a lot of Steeler fans want to draw the straight line between Munchak leaving and the culture problems that the Steelers are going through right now, specifically the problems with Antonio Brown uh, and and the the seeming dysfunction in the locker room between Mike Tomlin and Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger and whatever the real story is there between those three guys. I get that that it's, it's easy to draw that comparison. But I, I, I don't think that that's the case here. I, I think Mike Munchak is leaving to be closer to his daughter. Right? You have to take him at his word there in that article with the Post-Gazette. And the Steelers have some stuff to clean up in their locker room, surely. But I think Mike Munchak is not leaving because of it. I think you could take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of the running for Antonio Brown this offseason after listening to their new head coach, Bruce Arians, and the comments he made on Adam Schefter's podcast yesterday. Arians, the former offensive coordinator for the Steelers. In fact, he was offensive coordinator when Antonio Brown first came into the league. He had a lot to say on the situation with Schefter. Now, first he said that, look, AB's work ethic when he first got in the league, unparalleled, right? The guy was an unbelievable worker, an unbelievable talent throughout his career. But he also said that at this point in AB's career, too much of a diva and that the stories he's heard out of Pittsburgh about the antics of Antonio Brown, just, you know, not the same Antonio Brown that he remembers from earlier in his career. Now, Arians, look, hasn't been around A.B., so as as he's saying, he's only hearing stories 
out of Pittsburgh. He hasn't witnessed it firsthand. And, and what he did say about the A.B. when he first got into the league is very different than the stories you're hearing about Antonio Brown today. But interesting to hear Bruce Arians make those comments about Antonio Brown publicly. And I, look, not to say that the Bucks were ever going to be in the running for Antonio Brown. They've already got Mike Evans. They've got a young guy in Chris Godwin who I think they like a lot. Now, not to say that because they have those two guys, they couldn't use Antonio Brown as well. Of course, they could. Uh, but I'm not sure the Bucks were ever going to be a major player in that anyway. And, and certainly listening to Bruce Arians on that podcast, sounds like the Buccaneers will not be making a move for Antonio Brown. All right, then let's talk about the NFL draft. A lot of you have written in and asked me to start talking uh, draft even this early on. Uh, look, it is very early in the process. I'll tell you that. Uh, it's, it's far too early for me to do any kind of tape breakdown or uh, player evaluations at this point. I've watched some tape of certain players, uh, but certainly not enough to do any sort of full player evaluation. So what I'm going to do today is we'll go we'll go over some of the players that declared on Monday. Monday was the deadline for players in in, uh, in college to declare for the draft. And then we'll talk about those players, and we'll talk about some players that I'm going to be keeping my eye on going forward. We'll talk about some of the players that I've already evaluated and just give you my uh, initial thoughts of the tape that I've watched so far. But let's start with the players that declared on Monday. There was one player that declared on Monday that I think Steeler fans should be very, very happy about, and that's quarterback Kyler Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner from Oklahoma. Now, the Steelers are not interested in a quarterback, right? The Steelers aren't going to draft Kyler Murray. Don't get me wrong. Right? The Steelers took their quarterback a year ago. That's Mason Rudolph. In fact, I think the biggest the, the biggest thing for quarterbacks for the Steelers in the offseason this year is going to be the extension to Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's likely going to sign a three- or four-year extension. You know, whether or not he plays out that contract who knows? But the fact that the Steelers are going to be signing Ben for three or four more years likely means that Ben's at least going to play for two, maybe even three more years. And so quarterback, not even on the horizon for the Steelers right now. There's no way we're talking quarterback this offseason. But why I like the fact that Kyler Murray declared is because he's very likely going to be a top five or top ten pick. And that means that another, you know, if he goes in the top five, that's one player that, that gets pushed down closer to 20. I mean, the same can be said for Dwayne Haskins right? Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State who declared for the NFL draft. I think he's likely to be in that same mix in those top five, top 10 quarterbacks. There's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft who, you know, kind of get pushed up into that, into that range. You know, there's some teams like the Jaguars and the Giants who are picking in the top 10, top 15, who have very clear needs at quarterback, right? They absolutely must take a quarterback in this draft. It feels like they have to address the quarterback position in some way. And so if Haskins hadn't declared, if Kyler Murray hadn't declared, would that have opened the door for guys like Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or Will, Will Greer? Some maybe like the tier two of quarterbacks in this draft to be taken in round one. Could some of those guys s- still sneak their way into round one? The, the point here is that for, for us Steeler fans, we should hope that they do, right? The fact that Dwayne Haskins is in this draft means that a quarterback is very likely getting taken in the top five, top ten. Kyler Murray, same thing. I think, and look, Kyler Murray, he still may play baseball. That's, I guess, still an option for him. He's only leaving the door open to play football here. He hasn't, he hasn't said definitively that he will be playing football over baseball. But if he does play football over baseball, I think he's going to be a top five or top 10 pick. And again, that moves some players down closer to pick 20 where the Steelers are picking. And so the more quarterbacks we can get into the mix, as we saw last year, five quarterbacks taken in the first round. I don't know if we'll get five this year. Well, I think we'll at least get two. The other interesting thing about you know quarterbacks getting taken in this draft is that the top five teams in this that they're picking this year they have no interest in quarterback. Arizona Cardinals already have Josh Rosen. They pick 
first in this year's draft. Second pick is the 49ers. They already have Jimmy Garoppolo. You go to the Jets. They just drafted Sam Darnold. The Raiders, interesting. Derek Carr, does Gruden want to keep Carr? Can he can he offload Carr somewhere else and then pick a quarterback at four? Potentially, but at this point, Derek Carr is their quarterback. And then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five. Bruce Arians, their new head coach, he's committed to Jameis Winston. In fact, the general manager there in Tampa said that whoever they hired as head coach had to be committed to Jameis Winston. So Winston will be their quarterback this year. They have no interest in quarterback. Then you get to the Giants and Jaguars, who I I think are very clearly in need of a quarterback. You have to go down to 10 to get to Denver, who I think is another team who could use a quarterback. Miami at 13, another team. Will there be some jockeying early on? To get some quarterbacks, I think very likely. You know, there's there's five spots to move ahead of the Giants and the Jaguars to take a quarterback. I think that'll be interesting to watch on draft day. It's good. I think it's it's a good thing that the more quarterbacks that enter themselves into the into the picture here in that first round, better for the Steelers. Uh, now let's get to some players who declared on Monday who I think the Steelers should have some interest in, and and those are Devin White and Mac Wilson, two linebackers in the SEC. Devin White of LSU and Mac Wilson of Alabama. Both players, very, very good prospects. First-round picks, I think. Um, for Devin White, he's a guy who, you know, I remember watching tape of, of uh, Dante Jackson last year, of Arden Key last year, watching some other LSU players as I was scouting last year. And the one guy that stood out on tape more than Dante Jackson, more than Arden Key, was Devin White. And I, I'm very, I, I've been on the Devin White bandwagon for the last year. I think nothing he's done in 2009, 2018 has gotten me off of that. I'm excited to dig in to more of his tape. And the same can be said for Mac Wilson. I started watching some Mac Wilson tape earlier this year, but then we heard that Mac Wilson's mother was saying that, you know, he, Mac Wilson was going back to school for another year and he got unfinished business. And so, you know, I stopped watching Mac Wilson tape at that point. Now, now Mac Wilson kind of waits till the 11th hour, but he did declare. So the Steelers are going to have some options again at inside linebacker. Remember, they were they were in the running last year. I think you know they were interested in guys like Van Der Esch. They were certainly interested in a guy like Rashawn Evans, an inside linebacker from Alabama. Um, they didn't end up, get, end up getting any of those guys. All of those players, the the, four, the top four, Roquan Smith, um, Tremaine Edmonds, Leighton Van Der Esch, and Rashawn Evans, all taken before the Steelers picked at 28. Now, the Steelers are going to pick at 20th this year. I think they will have a chance, in all likelihood, at Mac Wilson and Devin White. But it's, it's a little early right now to be projecting you know, is Mac Wilson a top 20 player? Is Devin White a top 20 player? But those are two two guys to keep an eye on at inside linebacker. Now, in the secondary where I know a lot of Steelers fans want to see the Steelers re-up at corner, re-up at safety, uh, there's going to be a lot of options for the Steelers there as well. Uh, LSU's Greedy Wilson, who was a, a top corner prospect coming into the year. Did he have a great year? I think he had a, a, a mixed bag there for Greedy Williams, but he'll be in the draft as will Byron Murphy, who at this point I think is the consensus top corner in this draft. He's out of Washington. You got DeAndre Baker out of Georgia. Uh, there's just a lot of good corners coming out of this draft. I'm excited to dig in to some of that tape this year. And the Steelers, if they don't get one in the first round, you have to figure they could, one of those guys could fall to them in the second round. So it's not like the Steelers are going to have to reach in the first round for a corner. At safety, Deontay Thompson of Alabama declared on uh, over the weekend. Uh, this is, a, this is kind of a shocker. I think some people had expected Thompson to return to college for one more year. If you watch the playoff games, the, the games that, that Alabama played against uh, Oklahoma and against Clemson, Deontay Thompson did not have two great games. In fact, he, had two, he put some bad tape out there in those two football games. That didn't stop him from declaring, and, and I think rightfully so. 
Um, yeah, I, I remember watching Deontay Thompson. I watched a lot of Alabama football this year, and Deontay Thompson was a real playmaker in that secondary for the majority of the season. And so while, yes, he didn't have great games against Kyler Murray and against Trevor Lawrence in the championship game, I think I think Deontay Thompson's probably still going to be a top safety prospect, a very good free safety, uh, very athletic. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see how he tests because I think he's, he's going to have some some wow numbers. Um, but I think he could be a, he could be a player that replaces Sean Davis uh, in the long run at the free safety position, and that's certainly something the Steelers should be looking to upgrade this year. So on the defensive side of the ball, right there, inside linebacker, corner, safety. I mean, these not not necessarily a deep inside linebacker class, but I don't think it's going to be like last year. <clears throat> excuse me, where Mac Wilson and uh, Devin White are off the board early on. So I think the Steelers will have their choice if they want if they'll they'll get an inside linebacker, and then there's going to be a ton of edge rushers early in the first round, as there is every year. That position is so needed throughout the league. Nick Bosa will very likely be the number one pick in the draft. And then you have Claylin Farrell of Clemson, Brian Burns, Ja'Kai Polite, Montez Sweat, Josh Allen. I mean, there's just going to be a ton of edge rushers. I think the Steelers will likely get a chance at some of those players, although they may have to trade up if they if they covet a specific one. If they covet someone like a Josh Allen coming off the edge, they're definitely going to have to move up into the top 10, potentially into the top five. At this point, he is very highly regarded after having a fantastic year at Kentucky. So there's a lot of defensive talent out there this year. And this is going to be a very good year for the Steelers if they want to reload on the defensive side. And I think we can all agree they absolutely should be reloading. But where I have spent the early parts here watching tape is that wide receiver, to be quite honest. Um, as I've said, I, I think the Steelers, when they trade Antonio Brown, they should trade for a pick and a player. And I think that player should probably be on the defensive side because watching through some of these these wide receiver prospects, this is a very, very good wide receiver draft. And, and really so much better than what we got a year ago, right? There were some interesting guys a year ago. Of course, the Steelers took James Washington, but there was also Anthony Miller out of Memphis and DJ Moore from Maryland, Cortland Sutton from SMU. Probably the, the most highly thought of was Calvin Ridley of Alabama, and he ended up getting taken by the Falcons and having a very productive year. And there were some guys, yeah, I mean, even Cortland Sutton of SMU had a good year in Denver, but no one in last year's draft was really thought of as that true number one type. And I think that's going to change this year. There are some really true number one types coming out. Let's start with DK Metcalf, uh, a, a big body receiver, 6'3", 225, but he seems even bigger than that on tape. Uh, kind of a long strider, very, very good hands at the line of scrimmage. What I like most about DK Metcalf's game in the limited tape I've watched so far is how good his hands are at the line of scrimmage, creating separation with his hands. Uh, I think he can be a very good playmaker in this league. He's got a great frame, very smooth, very good cuts on his route. Also a very physical blocker. Um, I'm interested in DK Metcalf at this point. Interesting in watching more of him. I'm uh, very good. You know, the thing with Metcalf is he's a big body receiver. He's going to be a purely an outside receiver, I think. I think I don't think you're going to have any any play of him in the slot. Not a gadget guy. I'm interested to see how he tests in the 40, that kind of thing. It'll be interesting to see how D DK Metcalf what happens to his evaluation over time. Uh, another player I've watched is Nikhil Harry from Arizona State. Uh, Nikhil Harry kind of reminds me a little bit of Juju in some ways. More of a maybe a slot receiver type, or maybe not a, not a slot guy, but certainly more of a uh, underneath receiver or not, not necessarily a receiver that's going to take the top off of a defense. A great job. He does a great job of sitting down in the zones, you know, getting his head up, looking for run after the catch. Um, you know, he's, he's very much an underneath route type, very good quickness, reaction time in run after catch. Uh, he's got some breakaway speed as well on, on catch and run 
so I'm interested to see more of his tape in that way and see if he is used at all in kind of a down-the-field mode. Um, but the limited tape I've seen of Nikhil Harry so far, it just reminds me of a, a more underneath receiver like Juju who can who can kind of make things happen in the middle of the field. You know, I think what the Steelers need right now at wide receiver is someone who can kind of take the top off the defense, someone who's really going to challenge defenses down the football field, who, so someone who can open up things for some of the, the receivers on this team who are better, you know, it, where Nikhil Harry is better, right? Like Juju, you know, if the Steelers end up bringing back Eli Rogers, they have Ryan Switzer. You know, we'll see what James Washington does in 2018 or 2019, but I think at this point, what the Steelers need if they're going to replace Antonio Brown, they're not going to get another AB, right? But they need a guy who at least has, you know, the defense has to think about as far as beating you deep. And I'm not sure Nikhil Harry is that guy, although he is an interesting prospect to me. The one player that I've seen so far who just blown me away so far is Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State. Now, maybe I'm just falling in love with the size. Uh, 6'6", 225. Hakeem Butler is a force out there. Uh, as I said, he played for Ohio State, or excuse me, Iowa State. Uh, but I think I, I think Hakeem Butler might be the best wide receiver I've seen so far. I mean, of the three prospects we've talked about, uh, fantastic receiver. You know, the thing about Hakeem Butler is he's so fluid. Everything seems so natural to him. Such a natural catcher of the football. Uh, and it had to, have, to be 6'6 and be that fluid, that's what you love to see from those guys. And the ability to use that big frame, right? It's one thing to be 6'6. It's a totally other thing to be 6'6 and understand how to use your body to, to kind of use, to get leverage over corners and that kind of thing. You know, I think that's where, that's where he really, um, that's where he really shines. And I'm interested you know, I, I know that there's got to be tape out there of Hakeem Butler that's not good because he's not as highly thought of as, you know, I, I look around at, at other draft boards right now and other evaluations of Butler, and it's just not as high as I am on him. So I know that there's tape out there. I know that there's question marks about Hakeem Butler. Um, I'm interested to watch that as well. I, I'm interested to see um, what the holes in his game are. I, I think right now the one thing I would say about Hakeem Butler as a negative is that he's got a very limited route tree. You know, he's, he's really used at, at Iowa State kind of taking the top off of defense, you know, down the field. Iowa State did not have a very good quarterback. I think they switched quarterbacks throughout the year. Uh, and, he, you know, not not that he... So, Akeem Butler wasn't given a whole lot of chances because of that. They had a freshman quarterback all year. Um, but I, I like I like a lot of what I've seen from Akeem Butler, but he does have a limited route tree. You know, it's going to be very much, you know, going deep, little out routes, curl routes, that kind of thing. But, you know, he doesn't have the full route tree just yet. Uh, but so far, Hakeem Butler, my number one receiver. But there's so many other guys that I'm interested in watching at wide receiver. And as I said, I think the Steelers are going to be in the market for a wide receiver, which is kind of why I started with the wide receivers. And there's so many other ones, right? I, we talked about DK Metcalf from Ole Miss. There's two other Ole Miss receivers who are very likely going to get taken you know, in this draft and maybe even early on in this draft. I remember one of the notes that I wrote down when I was when I was uh, evaluating DK Metcalf or watching some of that tape was... Uh, that A.J. Brown, their other receiver that they have, may, may just be as good. He might be just as good. He, now, he's only 6'1", 225, but uh, I think A.J. Brown is very, very good. In the, and again, I, I haven't evaluated his tape at all. I've just seen him on the tape I watched of D.K. Metcalf, but I'm excited to watch more of A.J. Brown. Then they also, Ole Miss also has Demarcus Lodge, uh, who's another receiver for Ole Miss. So they may have three guys go in you know, maybe the, the first two days of the draft. Who knows? Uh, but they've got three good receivers coming out of Ole Miss. Then there's also J.J. Arcega-Whiteside from Stanford. You probably have seen some of Arcega-Whiteside because he made some insanely acrobatic catches throughout the year. I interested to dig more into his tape. You know, we'll, we'll see if he's just a flashy catch guy or if he's got more to his game. Calvin Ridley's brother 
is in this draft. Riley Ridley out of Georgia. I know uh, John Ledyard of the Draft Network is extremely high on Riley Ridley. I'm interested to watch more of his tape. Um, and then you've got Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown out of Oklahoma. AB's cousin is in this draft. Would the Steelers even consider uh, um, AB's cousin at this point? Uh, is that is that a can of worms they even want to open? We'll see. Uh, I think Marquise Brown, though, you know, I think he's listed at what, like 5'10", 160? Very, very small receiver. I think, you know, I don't know that, this, that that if the Steelers are looking to replace Antonio Brown, I think they're probably going to want to look elsewhere. But Marquise Brown could be an interesting prospect. I know he was a, a playmaker at Oklahoma. Interesting to watch more of his tape. So that's kind of where I am right now as far as my evaluation early on. Uh, as I said, DK Metcalf, Nikhil, and, and, and Akeem Butler, I think, are the two wide receivers at this point that I would consider to be your replacements for AB if they go that way. Um, we'll have full evaluations of them later on in the process. And then the other guy I want to talk about today, the last guy I want to talk about today, is another guy who declared over the weekend, very intriguing prospect for me, and I kind of go back and forth on this. And that's Josh Jacobs, the running back out of Alabama. And I, as I said, I watched a lot of Alabama this year. Uh, best team in the country. I was kind of enamored by Tua throughout the year. But Josh Jacobs, whenever he came in at running back, he was the one that stood out offensively. In fact, you, know, you go back and watch the, the, his performances in the uh, in the championship game against Clemson, and even some in that game against Oklahoma. He's so physical, but so, I mean, he's he's a fantastic running back. But the question is, where do you value very good college running backs right now? Is it is it worth it to take Josh Jacobs at twenty? I mean, that seems way too high, right? But it, but. Then the same question can be asked, is it worth it to take Josh Jacobs in the second round of this year's draft? In pick 20 of the second round, would running back Josh Jacobs be a good pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers? And this is why I go back and forth on this. Because, you know, I was talking to Christopher Carter about this last week. You know, he, he he's very much of the mindset that this team needs to reload at running back, right? They need another playmaker at running back. You know, James Conner is fine, but this team has to kind of reassert its, its running game and reassert itself as a running football team. And, and to do that, they need to bring in more talent at running back. And I think Josh Jacobs could could easily be that guy, right? I mean, you, you draft him, put him alongside Connor, right? I mean, I think Jacobs could start over Connor. Jacobs is fantastic. I'm very intrigued to watch more of him. But then the, the thing I keep coming back to is, where do you even evaluate running backs right now in this league? You know, we just watched C.J. Anderson, right? Overweight C.J. Anderson just ran for 100-plus yards on the Dallas Cowboys, one of the best run defenses in the league, and <laughs> did it with ease. You know, I mean, that, that they, the Rams put up two seventy on them. Uh, but you know, did they? But it was it was Gurley, a hurt Todd Gurley, and overweight C.J. Anderson. You watch what the Chiefs are doing right now with what's the guy's name, Damian Williams, who's their third string running back. Did, I mean, you know, did, did, is it worth it? I I get that Saquon Barkley is going to be a fantastic runner in this league. But is he that much better than Damian Williams? Is he that much better than overweight C.J. Anderson? And so when we start talking about taking a running back that highly in the draft, and I'm not talking about the Steelers taking a running back at number two, but even at number 20 at this point, you know, you look at what Sony Michelle is doing in New England, and he was a first-round pick a year ago. Is that worth it for the Patriots? I don't know. I don't, I don't know where to evaluate running backs right now because it just seems like especially with teams with very, very good offensive lines, and the Steelers certainly have that, you can, I don't want to say you can plug anyone in, but you don't have to, you, you certainly don't have to go with a top caliber player at running back to get the production that you need. 
And so well, as much as I like Josh Jacobs, he's probably going to end up being a first-round talent. And if that's the case, the Steelers should absolutely pass on him. Um, so, all right, that'll do it for me today. That That is my draft evaluation so far. Oh, actually, let's go over the, the players I mentioned uh, as a whole, right? So an inside linebacker, the two prospects that I'm kind of most intrigued by at this point are the two big names, of course. Devin White from LSU and Mac Wilson from Alabama. I think those are the, they're going to be the two most highly thought of inside linebackers at this point. Inside linebacker, such a position of need for this team a year ago. They weren't able to address it in the draft. You have to figure that they're that they're going to address it at some point in this year's draft. And if they are going to address it at 20, I think one of Devin White or Mac Wilson will be that guy at corner. This is going to be, I think, a very loaded corner draft, especially in the first couple rounds. And in that way, there's a ton of names to go over. Greedy Williams from LSU, Byron Murphy of Washington, uh, DeAndre Baker of Georgia. You got Bryce Hall. You got, I'm going to butcher this guy's names, but Amani Oru, why? I, mean, I can't even, the guy from Penn State, uh, he's very good as well. At safety, you got Deontay Thompson. Uh, and then, and those those are the, the kind of defensive players that I'm looking at so far. And then at wide receiver, so far I've looked at DK Metcalf, Nikhil Harry, and Akeem Butler. Of those three players so far, I'm in love with Akeem Butler, but I'm interested to watch more of his tape because I know there's a lot of people out there who, who are not as high on Akeem Butler as I am. And then at running back, Josh Jacobs. I'm interested in Josh Jacobs, but I'm not sure that a, a player that highly thought of at running back is even worth it in this in this modern NFL. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com, the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry, and I'll be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers.